Hello and welcome to another episode of Mountain City Sports Media, a program made by Kansas City fans for Kansas City fans. My name is Armando, a.k.a. Hot Take Mondo, and I am joined by my co-hosts and friends, Reese, a.k.a. Referees, and Kyle, a.k.a. New Name Today, on the podcast, The Oracle of 39th Street, which we'll, we, will, we will address that soon, but let me introduce our other castmates today also joining us today are two kansas city lifers and contributors on the podcast first we have first i had another name for him but he also has a new name we have noah aka the kc kid and then we also have stone cold chief austin and that's his name there is no aka there um so here we go so before we talk about them introduce them Let's see, what are we going to talk about today, boys? For those of you that were preoccupied with Matt LaFleur not going for it on fourth and goal and didn't watch the AFC Championship game, the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl! That's copyrighted. Yeah, NBC's going to find us now with their algorithm, Armando. Thanks. We're going to get kicked out. Back-to-back Super Bowl appearances. But facing two very, very different opponents in each Super Bowl, which, again, we will talk about. But before we talk about that, let's introduce the two new people on the cast. We have the Casey Kid, a.k.a. Well, that's his name. Sorry. Um the Casey kid, also known as Noah. Noah went to school with Reese and I at UMKC. Um, he is a singer as well. And Stone, Stone Cold Chief Austin was the Oracle of 39th Street's roommate in Lawrence, Kansas. But both are from Kansas. I know um, Austin is from Lawrence, and the Casey kid is from Kansas City. So I want to start with you guys. Tell us what it means for the Chiefs to be in back-to-back Super Bowls. You guys grew up here. You guys have seen the rough Kansas City Chiefs. So talk about the progression as fans, watching it from then to now. Why don't you start Stone Cold Chief Austin? Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me back, guys. Third third show with you all and first one uh, going live to do it. So happy to be here and yeah growing up in in missouri and you know my whole life every sunday watching the chiefs you know we were never we always had you seemed like we always had good players good teams we could just never get over the hump to get to to get to you know to be a playoff team that would then be consistently you know going deep in the playoffs still playing football come february so obviously you know seeing this dominant team we have now it's a lot of fun to watch um and and looking forward to hopefully another victory in about a week's time all right, Casey Kid. First of all, where did Casey Kid come from? We have to know the origin of your new uh, nickname, and then tell us I, about you being a Chiefs fan and how important this Super Bowl back-to-back appearance is for you. Uh, it's just it was just my my gamer tag for a very long time. So I I don't know. I retired. I since retired, Uncle there's, Noah. There's no there's no like it's not, there's no like crazy. Disney movie comeback. The Casey uh, Kid just sounds no, like a Disney no. like baseball movie. I was the one. I was in the Navy, and they called me Kansas City a lot. So it's you know that's awesome. Casey Kid, oh. yeah. There you go, Armando. Is that better for you? Hey, quick challenge. Uh, I love that. Can, I love that. If we can get 500 viewers in this podcast, I think we all contribute to Noah getting ta- uh, Casey Kid tattooed somewhere. <laughs> oh, wow. Yes. Give the people Five what on they the air. Want. We gotta pick the font. Papyrus. Papyrus. The, it has to be the Super Bowl logo after we win, too. Well, not, so. be, not to be weird, but someone posted uh, on the Chiefs subreddit that they just uh, gave some new ink to Willie Gay Jr. So I bet you money we could find out who that dude is, and we'll send you to Willie Gay Jr.'s tattoo artist <laughs> for the Casey Kid tattoo. Oh wow! So. Uh, yeah. And not um, only that, but maybe we can have people yeah. donate to. <laughs> We, we can have the people donate to that tattoo. Reese, how does someone donate to the podcast? I'm glad, you asked, I'm glad you asked that question, Armando. Uh, if you check out the banner at the bottom, you will see a patreon.com backslash FCSM. You can become an official friend of the podcast. We got three tiers, one for every level of friend, but it's okay. We love all of our friends. 
First tier will get you a shout-out on air. Second tier, you can ask a question on air, as well as getting access to bunches of bonus content, including Season 0 episodes, the COVID lock-in season, exclusive beer reviews with our special guests on the podcast, including Seattle Mariners pitcher Wyatt Mills and KC Beer Co. head brewer Carlton Graham. And then finally... Last but not least, if you join the top tier on Patreon, you get to come on the podcast and review a beer with us here on Fountain City Sports Media and kick it. So check out that bottom thing, patreon.com backslash FCSM. We hope to add you to our friends of the podcast. Oh, go ahead, Noah. Well, I you wanted to talk. You wanted to talk about being a Chiefs fan and being from Kansas City. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I forgot. Go ahead. <laughs> you had to talk about my nickname. Who's your mad? I took away Uncle Noah. But uh, so, well, I mean, it, like Austin said, it was always the right time. It always seemed like we had everything, but just there was always something missing. And I mean, I started watching, you know, like Montana versus Pittsburgh in the playoffs was my first game that I ever watched. And I watched them come back by like two touchdowns in the, I think in the fourth quarter. And we won a, by a field goal in overtime, right, Austin? Like it, it's a long time. Yeah. Well, I was in like kindergarten. I remember like the whole game, but then, you know, I just to see once Andy Reid was hired, I knew that we were going to go up and then you get Patrick Mahomes and everything else that's come Brett Veach and it's heaven, dude. It's, it's football heaven. That's all I could say. It's just football fan heaven. So, you know, I think it would be like, for like a really good episode at some point would be if we went through like the great chiefs teams, prima homes and just like saw, what do we think it would take for that team to get over the hump and win a super bowl? And the answer can't just be Patrick Mahomes. Cause that's like <laughs> yeah, something else. Everything. And it can't be Travis Kelsey. It can't be Tyree kill. Well, I mean, <laughs> it was our, our defense, dude. <laughs> it's our defenses. Well, yeah, exactly. You, you take that was the, the Oh three team and the never kick a field or yeah. Never punt game. It's like you put Ray Lewis on that team. Do we win a super bowl suddenly? Right. Ryan Sins went offsides and ruined our day, ruined our life for us. Reese, aka referees, aka what if Reese. If you go back to our Patreon, subscribe. We actually have a what if podcast, which is really good. Um, we love that stuff. So yeah, we should do that. That would be awesome. Before we talk about, we had to go back to the Oracle of 39th Street. So for those of you that tuned in last week, we didn't have a nickname for Kyle. And I actually wanted in the comment section today on Facebook for us to figure out a nickname for Kyle and just make it stick. But Kyle went in and said, today I am the Oracle of 39th Street. Before I do that, thank you. My, my Aunt Carmen is also watching. Hello, Aunt Carmen. And then, of course, Jordan Bachman, who is a subscriber on Patreon. Thank you, Jordan. You're awesome. Uh, so Kyle, tell us what is the Oracle of 39th street and when did you ever predict something that was correct? So first of all, I don't appreciate your tone. Second of all, I think that you ascribe too much weight to permanence on things. And like, we don't have to have the same nickname every week. So this week, I don't know. I'm it's drinking a coffee. For people to have like a name. I'm drinking a coffee. I'm I'm drinking a coffee. I'm thinking about how it would be amazing to have Mud Pie sponsor us. Shout out to Mud Pie Coffee and Vegan Bakery. Mm. One of my favorite spots in Kansas City. It's one of my like three bumper stickers. I don't know. I love 39th Street. I love Mud Pie. Heck yeah, dude. Gluten-free uh, blueberry crumble bar, baby. Now for a limited mm. time, 350 is delicious. So good. And, wow. you know, I, I, I've got a decent amount of vegan friends. And, like, there's there's a surprising lack of, like, variety when it comes to, like, you know, like an entire bakery or yeah. And then can you, can you answer my follow-up? When, when did you predict something that was correct? I think I did answer that by not answering it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. We have the Oracle of 39th street and the KC kid named here on the podcast that you guys are watching. What an honor for all. Okay. Oh, let's get into gosh. it guys. Um, so what we're going to do today, for those of you that are listening to the podcast, we're going to break down comparison by comparison, not necessarily a matchup like Mahomes versus the D-line or something, but we're going to compare each role. So um, Brady v. Mahomes, uh, Godwin and Evans versus Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, and we'll kind of go that way and see who wins that matchup because – 
to win the Super Bowl, you're going to have to win one of those matchups, those comparisons. So here on Kansas City, wait, we're, that's not our name. Here on Fountain City Sports Media, you're going to get some detailed content today. You are in for a treat. And let's begin. Let's begin with the one that we're probably going to spend the most time on, and that's that's fine. The goat versus the baby bo- baby goat. Oh, my gosh. Today I'm, I'm having a field day. The goat versus the baby goat. Brady versus Mahomes. Old man versus young man. So let's first talk about Brady. Okay, so of course ESPN and national media love to talk about this is this could be Tom Brady's seventh Super Bowl win, which is which okay is pretty insane, right? But they're they're not breaking down his game. They're not talking about what he looks like right now. I'm just saying, oh, how amazing it would be. Oh, he played so great. No, 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 no. Today on Fountain City Sports Media, we are gonna break down Tom Brady's game. And in the end of it, Tom Brady, in order to win the Super Bowl, has to score more than Patrick Mahomes. I don't know if any of you are going to justify that, but if you are, let's go. So first, we talk about Brady. Whoever wants to start, I want to talk about the thing that Brady is bad at. I don't think I've ever heard you this fired up in the first five minutes of a podcast. It's that we're going to the Super Bowl. (laughs) We're going to the Super Bowl. Also, the thought that any of us would try to say that Brady would outscore Mahomes is ridiculous. But okay, okay, but the Kansas City Chiefs are only favorites by three points. So okay. I mean, maybe Kansas City is not saying that, but the national media is not praising, is not crowning the Kansas City Chiefs the Super Bowl, which I know we are already. So so tell the national media, pretend like they are watching right now. Pretend Stephen A is watching. I want you guys to talk about Tom Brady. First, we're gonna talk about him handling the blitz. Can Tom Brady handle the Chiefs D line? next week uh i think i mean the, the question's gonna be is the chiefs d-line gonna be able to handle Werfs and the tampa bay buccaneers offensive line because we know brady's not going anywhere i mean he's running oh my goodness if you had like a 40 yard dash between him and gronk right now you know, you could probably finish one of the Lord of the Rings films by the time one of them crossed the finish line. It's not good. <laughs> so it's going to be a matter of if our defensive line, and particularly you know, if we call in some uh, defensive backs on some of those delayed blitz packages that Spags is doing a really good job dialing up, can they get to Brady? Because the image I've talked about with some people this week leading up to it is I love Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner had a way of, like, turtling as soon as the pressure came because he just, you know, took the hit, took the sack, didn't run 25 yards back like Josh Allen. And I think Brady's going to do that if he sees Chris Jones coming up the middle, if he sees Frank Clark coming around the side. If all of a sudden, what do you know, this rookie named Legereus Sneed comes, like, 40 yards away and just takes your lights out. That's what I think is going to be the key for the defense. Yeah, and and Brady, I mean, statistically is the 30th quarterback in the league against the blitz. I mean, he is a pocket passer. He's not going to move around. He's the complete opposite of Mahomes in that nature. And and I was looking at some stats earlier. If he if you're, you don't get pressure on him, he becomes the fifth best quarterback statistically in the league. So I mean, getting that pressure seems to be the way we win this. You know, the way that we stop Brady might not be the way we win the games. We also need to score, which we'll get to and talk about Mahomes, but. That's the way you slow Brady down. You make him pass quick and under pressure. And and if we're going to cover like we did against the Buffalo Bills, he's going to have a heck of a time, you know, getting the ball out quickly and making his reads, especially if we're bringing pressure and covering like that. I mean, I, I it, it, it's just it's a simple you know plan. And he's forty three years old, man. Is he he can't he can't handle all of that. Yeah, I think uh, at the end of the day, this Super Bowl matchup is a referendum on the idea of whether in the NFL you can try to free agent sign your way to a super team that can take you to a Super Bowl the first year versus, in our case, in Kansas City, building upon a tradition that we've been fostering among this exact group, more or less, over time. And, uh, you know, Obviously, yes, Tom Brady is going to his 10th Super Bowl. That's ridiculous. Uh, but at the end of the day, again, you know, we're, we're going to break down all the parts of this Tampa Bay team. But it's, uh, you know, it's it's like a jigsaw puzzle that they put together and, and respect that they have made it to the Super Bowl. But I trust our guys. 
to to not get off topic too much but i texted you guys um recent kyle particular i was like okay tom brady's going to his 10th super bowl how many afc championships did philip rivers go to and i think we named one right if one how many i had this i had this question last night at work kind of a compound on that okay quick question out of the answer to this right now over under five playoff wins for philip rivers under 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 over Nobody took the push. It's five and seven. Wow! <laughs> but it makes you. I mean, it puts it in perspective, doesn't it? The fact that. Sure, but, but he also did have one only one AFC championship appearance, right? Only one AFC championship appearance. That what was it. That fourteen and two year with Lady and Tomlinson <laughs> and uh, Schottenheimer. Oh jeez. Yeah. Marty I mean, Schottenheimer, you, friend of Kansas City. Nice. Shout out, yeah, shout out to Marty Schottenheimer. Um, but like, if you put that into perspective, it is literally ridiculous. But that can give you fool's goggles into seeing the Super Bowl because honestly, hot take Mondo, this is not going to be a competition. I am sorry. Tom Brady is old. He looked awful against Green Bay. Yeah, he had those those three touchdowns, but who like like I probably would have gone at least one touchdown against those Green Bay defensive backs. Shout out Kevin King. What up, dog? Anyway, let's talk about some stats. So, uh, Austin, you brought up, or sorry, Stone Cold Chief Austin brought up a great stat about Brady can't handle the blitz. Chiefs have blitzed almost 40% of the time, 39%, uh, which is the fourth most in the NFL for this year. So, Spags is just straight up going crazy. Not only that, but we have a healthy Sneed who Risa talked about is kind of being. Um, deceptive within the blitz obviously honey badger is finding his way in the blitz packages as well so you know they're they're gonna bring the heat and uh here's another boring stat but it's kind of important in week 12 when brady was blitzed by six or more rushers his yardage per pass was 3.7 yards which also had a negative 94.8 percent defensive adjusted value over average which i guess is how you rate how someone handles the blitz now in comparison to when he is not blitzed um to austin's point as well when he's not blitzed his average uh his sorry his yardage per pass is 8.7 yards with a 52.9 percent defensive adjusted value over average so those that don't know that stat it's quite crazy. It's that's almost a hundred and forty percent difference when he is blitzed. And look, Spags is going to blitz him. I don't know what he's going to do. Like he plays really well in play action. That's how he got a lot of the touchdowns that he got against Green Bay. But if we're going to blitz him, I I literally see no advantage that Tom Brady has in this matchup. So I'm saying bye bye, Mister Brady. Well, the thing we got to keep in mind is that other times when we've blitzed all game that come to mind right away is the Green Bay game last year. Remember when we had Matt Moore starting and like Spag's strategy was send house every play so Aaron Rodgers doesn't have time to find people. And it worked for the first half and the better part of the third quarter. But as the game went on, you know, some of our linebackers in particular were starting to get burned in coverage when they had to be put on running backs. And what's going to be really telling and frustrating is the fact that A, we have to get to Brady. That's obvious. But B... We can't just send house the whole time and get gassed as the game goes on because there's too many weapons on the Buccaneers, and at some point they'll make us pay. You know, they got Evans, they got Godwin, they got Gronk, Jones, Fournette. That's at least five viable pass catchers at any time that are at least league average or above. That's going to be a really hard balance to find throughout the game. And honestly, that's where Brady looked at least serviceable in that Green Bay game. Armand, as you mentioned, he threw those, he threw some picks. He looked pretty bad at times. But like I mentioned on our previous live podcast, even though he didn't look good at times, I mean, it's just clear. You asked earlier, like, what's he even good at anymore? The biggest advantage he has is experience. And so even though, I mean, our guy, Patrick Mahomes, has a ton of experience at this point, but, you know, Brady's been there before. And so, like Reese mentioned, those weapons are always at every point in the game going to be there. Yeah. So, so before we like really break down the wide receivers, I do have a tag question to that. Then now that we're talking about the defensive backs, I mean, can, can Tom Brady then beat us with the long ball? Because that's kind of how he beat the Packers, which is crazy because he is not good at the long, ball. he doesn't throw the long ball well, but that is how he got some of those, those touchdowns. And like I said, in order for the Buccaneers to win, Tom Brady has to score more than Patrick Mahomes. So is is there any benefit to Tom Brady throwing the long ball? Like, do you see that being a concern at all? 
Um, I don't see a concern so much as keeping the guys in coverage guarded because as we've seen this year, Brady's long ball accuracy has fallen off huge. But what I see happening is one of two things. One, he's going to throw some lame ducks up there, so our ball hawk defensive backs, I'm talking Honey Badger, I'm talking Legereus Sneed, I'm talking the return of Juan the Mountain Thornhill. So if those guys can jump in and pick off some lame ducks, it can be a long day for Brady. What I'm worried about on the other side is we have some uh, corners that are still prone to being picked on with jump balls to draw penalties. I'm particularly looking at Charvarius Ward. I think we'll see at least twice in this game that Brady doesn't have any options and he just throws a lame duck up in the direction of Ward hoping to draw a penalty. Also, the <clears throat> also the, the Buccaneers can run the football too. They're not just going to have to – I mean, they're not just going to come with, uh, you know, all their, their weapons. If they, they like to adjust. If they can run the ball, they'll run the ball. Now, granted, our run defense against the Bills – was I mean it was outstanding. It was I mean, they didn't run the ball that much, but but also to add on to to all of Brady's weapons, Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson. I don't think Antonio Brown is playing. He's 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 out still, and I and so they have they have people that can still beat you outside of their main weapons, which is one thing. Which is you know they they like to find you know uh, matchup uh, mismatches. That's a good point. It's going to be very difficult guarding the fastest guy in the NFL with Scotty Miller. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me, I'm sorry. So not only, you're right, you're right. So not only do they have Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, they also have the fastest player in the league apparently with Scotty Miller. And and Tyreek's response was like, okay, whatever, good good for him. Which, (laughs) great, good job Buccaneers Scotty Miller for putting some more billboard content or some bulletin board content for the Chiefs because you know they love that. I mean, um, Patrick, here's a hypothetical yes. for you guys. Go ahead. 100 yard dash, Miller versus Hill. How much of a head start do you give Scotty Miller and Tyreek still wins? 10 yards. Just 10 yards. 10. Yeah. 10. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm just telling you, I still have nightmares about Scotty Miller dropping 200 plus all purpose yards in the first quarter against us in the first. <laughs> no way. No way. I, I can't. No remember. way. <laughs> Excuse me. I mean, me. seriously, like how, like how, how, yeah, let's just get into it. How do you, not even a veteran on the team, not even in a pro bowler on the team, call out Tyreek Hill, who put 269 yards on your defense, the most in a first half in NFL history. And then you go, yeah, I can beat him in a, in a hundred yard dash or a 40 yard dash, whatever. Like, come on, dude. You, you are just another Chase Claypool. You're just another Juju Smith Schuster. And what Old happens Thomas. to guys? They get crushed. I will say Sorry, that Scotty that does is, not know. Scotty does not know. That exact brand of unfounded, uh, uh, not based in reality trash talk is exactly what I bring to this podcast. So I can at least uh, <laughs> recognize yeah, the that. Oracle you're the, of 39th Street. You're the Scotty Miller. Scotty Miller is your nickname next week. I mean, though. I don't know you're, about that. You're the Scotty Miller. <laughs> yeah, you're now Scotty Miller Neg. <laughs> I love that. It's just all about getting airtime. It's all it's all airtime. It's all he wants. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, before we go on to Patrick Mahomes, because it's that's just a really softball, easy thing for us to talk about. Hot Take Mono has another hot take that he wants to say. Our secondary is elite now. Breaking news, our secondary is now elite. And and here I come with some stats as well. Our secondary is the first in these three categories. Number one, our secondary is first in defensive QB completion percentage against any quarterback in the NFL with 41%. Two, our secondary is number one in the NFL in TD slash INT ratio in the NFL with 10 touchdowns and 15 interceptions um, for the 2020-2021 season. And then third, they have the best QBR rating against them with 63.3. So that all is pretty amazing to me, my dudes. Also, Legereus Sneed has the highest defensive rating of any rookie in 2020. I had another stat too, but I mean, those are pretty good. So not only do we have a great defensive line, (laughs) Not only do we have, but now our secondary <laughs> is back. We haven't spent enough time praising our secondary. 
because they have gotten better every single week and they have peaked. Travis Kelsey said this in an interview this week, actually, and said, no one's really talking about how we not, not that they were giving up during the regular season, not that they were taking time off, but they just weren't giving enough energy. And now they turned it on. They played really well against the bills. If you don't count some of those turnovers, our defense only held them to 15 points or no, 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 sorry, 19 points. And then the Bills, we only held to 15 points. So every week they're getting better. Our secondary, we talked about last week, that was the best defensive showing that we have seen. So we are peaking. This Super Bowl is going to be the best showing that we've had. We are now an elite defense. We are over the hump, boys. We have an elite offense, elite defense. Who can beat us? Well, Noah looks like he's got something to say. Mm-hmm. First of all, Armando, shout out to your dad before the rest of us start to just harass him. For this. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Senior, that's his name. Mondo here's here's my thing about that. Our secondary, they're above average. Yes, are they great? Yes, are they elite? Here's the thing. The reason why our secondary has played so well is because Spagnuolo knows how to use his front seven. Now, granted, we we didn't have like the most sacks. We didn't have the most, you know, we didn't we we our linebackers gave up a lot of plays, but he works with what he has. So these corners on the outside, Breland and Ward, who in my opinion are not the strongest man-to-man cover corners, don't get exposed because <clears throat> he knows how to keep everything, you know. Uh, to the outside, so where he can he can double cover, or he can get you know uh, Tyron Matthew. You know he's running from sideline to sideline almost every single play. But I will say, and I just want to say because I listened to the podcast last week, of course. But uh, that defensive game last week was probably the best defensive game I've seen the Chiefs play in like a decade. It was pretty good. I, I like where Noah's going with the idea that this, the secondary is improving week by week, and I do think that's really true. If you look at where they are at now, even compared to like week five when they got torched by the Raiders, you know, it's it's week by week they're tightening up a few screws. I think elite's such a hard word because he gets thrown around a lot. You know, it's like, would you say Scotty Miller's got elite speed in comparison to what, Tyreek Hill? No, but what I'm saying is, we have some elite pieces, obviously. Tyron Matthews, elite. Legereus Sneed is elite. And then we have some very good pieces to back those guys up. You know, the return of Juan Thornhill. Dan Sorensen's continuously like getting more consistent week by week along with those giant hero plays we love from Dan Sorensen. But I don't know if you can call a unit truly elite when they have a few weak links the way we do. As I alluded to earlier, I expect Ward to get picked on, particularly in drawing penalties. And I think Rashad Fenton's a little suspect in coverage still. I think we have a very good secondary that ceiling is elite when all is going well. But, I, man, see, Legion of Boom is elite. Uh, just the, our safeties are elite. We'll say that when Juan Thornhill is playing at 100% and Tyron Matthews playing at 100%, our back end of our secondary. Is elite. That's all I'll say. I second that. Yeah, agree, agreed there. But I mean, still, we're not fully elite yet. I mean, it's it's evident, especially in that man to man coverage down okay. the field. Can you guys hear me? Sorry. Oh yeah, we got you. Yeah. yeah okay, great. Sorry, I had some I had some troubles there. But awesome. Okay, so so okay. So, so we will we will then agree to disagree like we normally do on this podcast, even though we are not Legion of Boom. We're still a pretty good defense. There we go. And maybe the maybe okay. Can can we all okay? Okay, maybe we can all agree that we are top five in 2020 right now. The way we're playing right now, we are top five. Well, I mean, there's only two teams overall. Though, so overall, yeah, it's like we're teams. It's not very good. Yeah. Okay. We're, wait, wait, we're, okay. No, no. But but I okay. Like like if if we were playing the way we were played against the Bills, you put that in the regular season against the Colts, against a Ravens defense, against all those people. Are we top five in that group of elite defenses? Not talking Legion of Boom. I get it. I get it. We're not Richard Sherman. Whatever. Well, I'd be curious to hear your guys' opinions on this, but I think it's possible to be a top five of something statistically in any given season, but have no elites in said group in any given season. And I mean, oh, for I, I sure. Agree, 
I, I would agree Absolutely. with top five. But I don't think there's any elite secondaries this year. What do you guys think? Yeah, well, what, what I'll say is the the passion with which Armando found stats to back up his position, it was like Jorge Soler in batting practice, just stat, stat, stat. And it's it's only matched by his passion to sticking to the outline of every episode without any variation. So I respect that. But I'll also Segments. say... Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, we've commented on this throughout the season, right? I mean, this has kind of been a common theme where we've had ups and downs defensively for sure all season, but sort of like the, the, the curve of defensive performances has just improved. I mean, earlier in the year, the Bills game, the Ravens game, we saw good defensive performances and we've seen excellent ones toward the end of the season. And so, yeah, it's no surprise to me that statistically we're top in, in all those categories that you listed. Um, yeah, I think it's hard to say that we have an elite secondary because I I can't point out, uh, you know, well, if you're going to think about like what why why do we win games, right? It's it's not very often that it's just one part of our team. I mean, there've been a couple games this season where the offense just blew the other team out of the water, but that hasn't really been the season for us. It's been complete performances, even when it's messy. Uh, that makes me excited for this Super Bowl because I know whatever they throw at us, whatever craziness happens, I mean, we've been here before. It's going to be good. Dope. So I will break away from the outline just for the Oracle at 39th Street. Uh, and not really. I'm just like going to skip a segment. But anyway, uh, before I do that. Uh, just Aren't you just going to disappear into the ether? You'll just be gone into <laughs> know, the cloud? Right? I'll just, I'll just like start talking about something not on the outline and then I just start to disappear. <laughs> What's going on with Armando? Um, okay. But before I get off the outline, just want to shout out my, I guess my mom's watching too. Hello mom. And then Chris Brocious resident Broncos fan says, Kelsey still brags about that one time. He actually did a keg stand in college. Doesn't he? Yeah. I don't, whatever, dude, whatever resident, resident, Broncos fan. Listen, Chris. there's always going to be haters in the chat. It's fine. I, I mean, love it. We love it. Lot, just, like, lot. just like just like Nicki Minaj hates her haters. Found City Sports Media loves their haters. Kelsey's a better tight end than Shannon Sharp. Lock it in. And we just lost Chris Brocious. Thanks. <laughs> and he's gone. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's let's talk about the offense. Oh, Logan says nice sweatshirt. Yeah, Logan just bought me this sweatshirt. It's so cool. Hey, nice. that's that sweatshirt matches. Uh, hold on. I got that flag hanging here somewhere, all the way in the back. Nice. Hey. Oh yeah, I see right there. Nice setup over there, Reese. Jeez, it's yeah. He's like night, the United Nations. Night and day. Amazing. Right. day for the last podcast. Did you did you move, Reese? I've oh, taught God. you well. I'm going to say uh, thank you to our Patreon fans. You were able to uh, make me one of those streamers that I can now afford to live in a crazy huge mansion. And, uh, <laughs> this is my guest guest room, so thank you. Reese Charlie DeMillo, or however you say her name, yeah. Talbot. <laughs> my name's Reese Ty Lopez. These are my three cars. Uh, Reese is... <laughs> I'd watch Reese if he was an influencer. I, mm -hmm. I put the I would too. You should, should be an info. <laughs> okay. All right. So we talked about Patrick or sorry, Tom Brady. Now let's talk about Patrick Mahomes, the number one concern for Kansas City Chiefs fans. So let's talk about that concern. And that is our offensive line. So boys, is it going to happen? Can our offensive line protect Patrick Mahomes against a very good, if not elite Buccaneers defensive line? Since we love the word elite on this podcast. <laughs> Say we're throwing elite out a That's whole a bunch. Very strong word, like goat. They looked great against Aaron Rodgers and that they, Aaron Rodgers offensive line, although they didn't have Bakari or whatever his name is. Bakhtiari. Put some respect on his Bakhtiari. name. Bakhtiari. Yeah. Bakhtiari. Yeah, <laughs> they they are I, they they did and they got a lot of pressure and the thing was is that it, it just seemed like Lafleur wasn't ready to to get he wasn't gay didn't have a game plan for what you know what they were going to do that was more their defensive coaching you know and if anything if my rebuttal to that is if anything is that you know our offensive line coaching deserves every award possible in football right now because granted allegretti and you'll i'll say this allegretti is an elite run blocker 
because he was taking on two guys at a time during that Bills game. He is, but he is a very subpar pass blocker. So on top of all that, uh, losing Fisher is going to be difficult, but uh, I have faith that they're going to keep it together. And Yeah. So uh, before we get someone else, Casey kid, what is your panic meter then on, on the Buccaneers defensive line? A three. Whoa. All right. I like Old. it. Noah, just Patrick Mahomes is healthy, dude. Let's go. Noah's take is just being as cold as a stone right now. I love it. <laughs> yeah. And, and to expand and to expand on it. I mean, Obviously, Andrew Wiley has got to be given an MVP award for basically playing every position on the line throughout this season. I mean, Rivers I, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, they've been those guys have been moving around to different positions, guard, tackle. They're playing all of it, and and that and that's awesome that they're able to do that. But obviously, obviously, it is it is not ideal with Fisher going down and and then with LDT sitting out the year, but. We'll see. I mean, I think it becomes a very much a push pull for for the the Bucks defensively. Are they just going to rush those front four and try to bring everyone back in coverage, or do they try to blitz us and have to leave someone more open or, or in man coverage downfield? I mean, yep. that's going to be where the game's potentially decided. I think that's a really good point. I think as we saw last uh, last game against the Buccaneers, you know, they can't afford to try and go single high against this. We got guys like Tyreek; they're just going to blow the top off. I think, like you said, the big difference in this game is going to be can the Bucks front four generate enough pressure with just those guys and then drop everybody back into coverage because I really see that being their game plan. Uh, kind of like Noah alluded to and how we got a lot of good run blockers but not a whole lot of great pass protection going on. That's really what I saw in that Packers game. When they were calling end rounds, when they were calling you know, just like halfback dives, Man, I have never seen an offensive line have their way with an NFL defensive line the way the Packers were, man. I told you guys, it was like watching a Big Ten school play like a Missouri Valley line. You know, it was moving them wherever they wanted. I think the Bucks defense has a lot of talent on it, a lot of individual talented players, but I don't think the cohesive unit and the chemistry of that defense scares me as much as even, say, the Saints. The Saints had a really well-oiled machine defensively. Everybody knew their assignments. Like It was just one hive mind of a defense, and I don't see that so much with the more individualistic Buccaneers team. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the Brooklyn Nets of the NFL. Changed my mind. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> How? Expand on that. <laughs> so we just talked about it. It's, it's trying to sign a gadget team in free agency. All right, that's fair. That's fair. Um, okay, I, I have some uh, I have some stats oh for you. But first, I, I want you guys to guess first. Okay, I want you to guess what our offensive line during the regular season, 2020-2021, I want you to guess where we ranked in QB pressure. So, like, stopping pressure, or, like, how many times Patrick Mahomes got pressured. Low. I'm going to guess low. low. Yeah, bottom bottom ten. It's like twenty twenty three. Twenty four. I'll say twenty. Now yeah. maybe okay, maybe this stat didn't recognize that Patrick Mahomes rolled out more. I don't know if that counts as a QB pressure, but according to the stat that I found, they rank sixth in the NFL stopping QB pressures. With here here's the stat hundred and forty one <laughs> pressures allowed out of six hundred and sixty two snaps. And this is when we discovered that numbers can't tell you everything. Yeah, yeah analytics aren't that great. Yeah, <clears throat> but, seriously. But whoa, 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 wait. I I want to say name. Okay, name like one big game during the year where it was like, geez, Patrick Mahomes just can't do anything. Raiders. Raiders. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Fine. Okay. Name name one more game. Hey, Chargers. Chargers. Yeah, the Chargers game with Joey Bosa. Joey Bosa was destroying Mitchell yeah. Schwartz. Yo, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna stand by this stat and Listen, I'm gonna okay. hold through to these numbers here we go. that I'm bringing I, out here. All right. There, there's Uh-oh. no need for you to bait us into some sort of like conflict here. We're in agreement. That's great that the stats show that our offensive line you know, statistically has performed well over time. We've seen many games in which, I mean, we just shouted these guys out. I mean, they've had to play hard all year to give us the chance to put, uh, to give us the opportunity to be in the position to win. So yes, that's great that the numbers back up that we're going to feel confident going into the weekend. At the end of the day, I, I really like what all of you guys have said about, well, 
Now, let me also say that uh, the X factor of all this is we touched on this last week, but Fisher being out means that like the rest of the guys are going to be playing for him. You know, I mean, it's, it, 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 it sucks for him that he's not going to get to, to play, you know, any snaps in a Super Bowl because nothing's guaranteed. You only get a certain amount of possible shots at it every, uh, in a career. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think kind of the, the psychological nature of it, I mean, I, I think we'll band together and have a good game. Yeah, I'm going to concede that the stat probably didn't account for Patrick Mahomes just already wanting to roll out when when the, yeah. when the ball was snapped. Um, yeah. But all, all to say and to agree, just like you said, Kyle, everyone is playing very well. And my panic meter is low as well. When we first started and I saw that Buckers Packs game, I was I was very upset and I was very nervous for that Buccaneers front four. But seeing the Bills game. I mean, even the Browns game against Miles Garrett. I know Miles Garrett got injured in the third quarter, but even before then, he didn't look like Miles Garrett. We were thinking that he was just going to come at Patrick this whole time, and he really didn't. So, yeah, I'm actually really excited to see our offensive line against the Buccaneers. And like I said in the past, you can hear in Andy Reid's voice sometimes, not that he never ever gets nervous, but he's also pretty honest in in his uh, in his press conferences, and he seemed very confident about the offensive line. Patrick Holmes is always kind of even keel you can't really tell what he says but andy you can kind of tell and andy was like yeah no i'm i'm ready also really quick before reese uh um noah to your point you were saying that our offensive line coach has really done a lot um andy heck actually said in one of the interviews that he had been playing that whole offensive line in different positions since training camp because he knew that everyone was going to get injured and that i mean because we had injuries already in the preseason so he actually had been planning on this the entire year and had them switch different positions in offensive line since training cap so andy heck like heck well that's back to you my bro okay Reese, go ahead. that i want to kind of touch down on and just having everybody rotating <laughs> in and rotating out i would be curious as to what the number is of times that we have played the same offensive line lineup in the same positions and maybe that's this is just point. me being glass half full right now but it's quite possible that with like this mismatch of where players are lining up on the line can like shift where the strengths and weaknesses of the lines are. Let's say, for example, that like Ryder is center and we have Remmers lining up, or lining up at right guard next to him. Perhaps they don't work too well together. So on this game, the weak link is going to be between Ryder and Remmers. Now let's say we move Remmers over to the left tackle position to fill in for Eric Fisher, and suddenly he's got Allegretti to his right. And for whatever reason, the play style of Remmers and Allegretti is more harmonious, and suddenly that weak link that is Remmers doesn't exist anymore. Do you guys think that's possible, or am I just kind of like hoping here? That... That's kind of what I saw happen in the first Bills game was they took like I, I know R- uh, Ryder went out and Kilgore came in and they were just this power run blocking offensive line that couldn't be stopped. So now when you've got Remmers, who's a power power, you know, blocking offensive lineman and Allegretti's the same thing, you know, they could find a combination that could open up, a, you know, huge holes in the running game. So I I. I don't know. It, it, that's a good point, though, Reese. I mean, this. I want to see a statistic on the who started each position. I'm hoping it'll make it difficult for the Bucks to figure out who they want to attack, particularly if they want to be vain enough to only send four after Patrick. You know, maybe Shaquille Barrett doesn't have the matchup he likes, and we can beat him one-on-one given the skill set of lineman A as opposed to the skill set of lineman B. All right. Yeah, yeah. So, so we'll see what happens going forward. I mean, I guess we're all in in uh, in agreement that the offensive line, I think, is going to have a good game, and we're excited. Let's go. Like you said, we have Patrick Mahomes. Um, okay, so let's let's skip uh, a little bit. Now let's talk about some like straight up first take content. Some like some like straight up ESPN. Like you know, everyone loves. What happens if Patrick Mahomes? beats tom brady what does that do for patrick mahomes legacy if here we go it it jumps i mean not jump started but it 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 stays the same man brady's work body of work is is so vast it's so you know over you know so there's so many things that have happened you know whether you want to say the negatives and the positives the man is still he, Mahomes, you're not going to talk about this. Have this? Con- you shouldn't logically have this conversation until Mahomes has won at least three to four Super Bowls. 
else. I agree, and it's never too early to get started. I think it's important to get number two under his belt now because who knows? I mean, Aaron Rodgers got number one under, under his belt, what, uh, year four of starting, and he's still looking for chance number two, let alone title number two. Yeah, um, and also, I mean, I think Brady moving you know, moving down to Tampa Bay this year has really shown that how much of it was Brady and not Belichick up in New England. And, I mean, yeah, winning for Patrick is huge, obviously, but it's not just going to overnight – make him a better quarterback than Tom Brady. Tom Brady's 43 years old, been in this league forever, clearly proven this year that he can turn around a, a team basically by himself. Armando, are you Miley Cyrus? Because you seem like a prisoner of the moment. I think, uh, <laughs> you well, know, I think I also didn't agree either, or I just wanted to like, like what, what is the goat implications? We haven't had the goat conversation vice versa. And you're really going to hate this one. And I'm going to go straight to you. Oracle of 39th street. What are, what are the goat implications? If Tom Brady beats Patrick Mahomes, Oracle on 39th street. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Noah on this one that, I mean, we have a huge opportunity as like chiefs fans. I, I obviously like we want, we, we want to say that like our guy beat Brady, even though it's like the Brady Swan song, most likely that would be an awesome way to go out. Uh, obviously the stat that we've talked about, that's been thrown around that the like Mahomes 66 to 14 loss to Iowa state in college go cyclones uh, is a larger point <laughs> differential than all of his losses in the NFL combined. So uh I don't know why I brought that up. I just wanted to name drop that. I saw that stat, Kyle. I saw that stat. I thought of you, dude. It's amazing. And the the, the funny thing is, I I remember that game. I watched that game and it was just, it was fluky because it was just a couple weeks after it was after the, the Mayfield Mahomes shootout. Mm. It was just like a weird, you know, anyway, doesn't matter. But point being, I think that like, like because that's been floating around, people are like, oh, look, like this, ha-, you know, it, it's just like it, it, it's a talking point. Right. So I think at the <laughs> end of the ask. day, yes, I had to ask for our for our baseline Kansas City fans. They they love that stuff. I, Media I'm on sensationalism. I'm on I'm on like three Kansas City Facebook groups, uh, like Chiefs groups, and one of them, some guy was like, "Can can you guys name me the like numbers with 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 the actual names so during the Super Bowl I can follow along as to who is who?" And I was like, "I have to get off this group, but I also need the group so we can share this podcast." <laughs> but I have to ask that for people like that, you know, we have some just baseline fans that loves it. So shout out and to that you random know what? guy I if, saw if this in is, Chiefs Kingdom. If this is what gets people into being a fan, that's great because there are a lot of people who are going to be swept up in these Super Bowl runs and be like, hey, this is awesome. And like, yeah. as we've seen, Patrick Mahomes is is an amazing face of the franchise. He's a great leader. I mean, he's only 25, right? And and, and um, he's already done a ton of good in the community. He's awesome on the mic. Um, you know, it's it's great. Okay, um, then let's get back to some nerdy stuff, and then we'll close it out with some coaching questions. Uh, give me the uh, running back share for Clyde Edwards-Elair and Darrell Williams. Uh, that's that's a very good question. I'll, I'll throw this one I out get, first. I can get nerdy. I get nerdy. If we 70 percent Williams, thirty percent Alaire. Whoa, it's a hot take. I kind of like that hot take, though. To be honest, I think if Andy's going to be going with the hot hand, I don't see how you don't give it to Williams right now. If he's going to be a prisoner of the moment, like we've seen this coaching staff prone to do sometimes, and sticking with their guy for the sake of their guy, I can see him giving it to Alaire a lot. Yeah, right. I, mean, I mean, it. there's a D. Williams for the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. You just know he's going to do something. <laughs> think, think of last year. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Andy Reid's probably looking down the draft board trying to draft another D. Williams for next year. Um, <laughs> but, but, but no, hot hand. Hot hand is a thing. I don't know if 70-30, maybe more 60-40. But I say, yeah. I say early on it's going to split, and whoever, whoever is having that hot hand is going to ride the carries the rest of the game. Yeah, that, I, that's a really good take. That's kind of what I was thinking. And no, I'll let you go real quickly. But I was also right. thinking 60-40. But you're right. I mean, I, I can see 70-30 if Daryl Williams does get an early, you know, red zone touchdown or something or a long run. Um, but I think 64, like 70-30 just sounds crazy to me. I, I can't really fathom that first age. I, I know. And and if because I love I love CH and he's been so effective 
you know, all season. The only thing is when AJ Dillon started getting carries for the Packers, he was smacking that defense in the mouth and they didn't know what to do with themselves. And that's the way Daryl Williams runs. He's an up and down, you know, North South runner, you know, rather than uh, East West. That's my, that's my thought. Another thing we got to keep in mind here, especially with the patchwork offensive line we're working with, is do we think there's a chance we see Le'Veon Bell play a bit more, if not only for that extra blitz pickup, you know, pass protection guy? And also, we can't discount how effective he is, you know, on swing routes and screen plays and catching the ball out of the backfield. I think our two most effective weapons could be Le'Veon Bell and Williams instead of Alaire, as crazy as that sounds, but it could just be like a one-for-one-night-only sort of situation. Is is Bell healthy enough? Is he going to be suiting up? That's what I was saying. Everyone was at practice this week and playing. Yeah, I, I don't know if he was a full participant, but he was at least partial. You're right. But we'll see. I don't know. Yeah, he could be an X factor in that in the running game. We'll see. Okay, uh, just a couple. Quick, oh, go ahead, Kyle. Quick shout out to Armando's brother in the comments. Gonzaga sounds like a type of moldy cheese. Rock chalk. Oh, <laughs> uh, be 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 careful because if if you think I'm hot tech, just wait for little Andrew Matthew down there. Uh, shout out Andrew uh, James, also listening. Hello James, my sister waves, and then Eddie. Eddie says, "Don't knock Missouri Valley, Reese." Hey Eddie, I went to Northern Iowa. You don't hold on, hold on. I've been waiting for this my entire life. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> you adopted the Missouri Valley. I was born by it, molded. I didn't know Division <laughs> One football until I was almost a man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. That's the that, hottest take of 2008. That was fantastic. You were oh, way man. too ready for that. That was that, that was good. funny. That okay. was fantastic. Reese. That was hilarious, Eddie. That was for you. Oh, and then my sister says Ian's watching. Oh, Ian, I know Ian went with my brother-in-law to the Chiefs game, so let us know how that was because I know you guys went to the Bills. Bills Chiefs. That's pretty cool. Um, now let's kind of end it. Let's kind of bring some closure to the podcast. Reese, this one's for you. If you are Bruce Arians slash Tom Brady, because we know Tom Brady is also a coach on that team now, uh, what is your game script to beat the Chiefs? Uh, short and consistent all game. I think we've brought up enough stats and have enough game film to show that you don't want to try our secondary unless you're going for Ward or trying to draw penalties. I think the thing that worries me is handoff with Fournette, four and a half yards. Quick little dump off for three yards. Suddenly it's third and two. Repeat that cycle four times down the field and suddenly they're in the red zone. That's Brady's bread and butter. So I think if our defensive line as well as our whole front seven can get to Brady and cause pressure, force him to go for some more mid-to-deep throws. That's what I want to see. But, man, they're going to be incredibly methodical trying to move that ball against us because you eat clock, you move ball, and you limit our offense. I want to circle back to my initial point on this podcast, which is that this game is a referendum on how you can win a Super Bowl in the NFL. And, you know, we, we don't have to go too far down this rabbit hole, but Tampa Bay is sort of like, uh, you know, like a, like a giant robot version of like what teams have tried in the past, which is um, pursuing big name free agents um, in the off season or in the mid season uh, in, in, in trades and signings to try to basically cobble together, you know, a super team to try to make it to, and, and logic would say that, you know, I can't really, name another team i mean you can talk about denver with peyton but that's sort of a different situation where that was a plug and play with basically one piece trying to go for a swan song to be to be fair kyle the buccaneers core is draft is a lot of young players devin white that's true that's true carl davis you know dean all those defensive guys they have they're all young I, I agree. I think the ultimate, you know, like the ultimate, one of the ultimate free agent signings of all time, Tom Brady, you could definitely just slap that tag right on him, you know, just because yeah. if they didn't have him, they would be probably picking in the first, top 10. Yeah, I, it, it's just interesting. Well, and, and I mean, that's a great point. I still feel like the national narrative is like the Brady Fournette. Like, I mean, I know AB is not going to play, but that going into the sort of the last end of the season, that was the question, right? Like, can this team right. go? And so I think it's an exciting opportunity to, to show that, like, you know, um, our core who's back, you know, every game each year can, can really kind of 
um, put an end to that, but we'll see. I'm excited. Right. Okay, then I'll ask the opposite question. And before I do that, if anybody has a question on the chat, go ahead and uh, ask a question, and then we can probably answer maybe a couple to end the podcast. Um, how about uh, Stone Cold Chief Austin? If you are Andy Reid, what is your playbook to beat the Bucks? I mean, the same thing we've been doing all year. I mean, our offense is, I won't use the word elite, but our offense is one of the best, if not the best, in the league. Um, the Bucks are obviously a little weak in their defensive backs. Um, we saw that in the first game. Tyreek Hill, 200 million yards in the first half. I mean, take those shots downfield. That's that's where we. That's how we win games. That's our bread and butter. Um, that I think we we stick to that kind of game plan. Um, and then obviously Spags on the defensive end, just making sure that that we're locking down, getting that pressure on Brady and making him uncomfortable. I think those two things combined will lead to a Chiefs victory. Yeah, I mean, if I'm Bruce Arians, I'm and Todd Bowles. Look, I know Todd Bowles is very good. I actually really love Todd Bowles. But like, if I'm them, like, okay, so I can't go man anymore, so I have to go zone. And if I go zone, okay, Travis Kelsey's going to go for 300 yards with four touchdowns. Okay, then if I somehow am able to cover him, then Sammy Watkins probably going to come back. McCall Hardman, despite his punt returns, still played very well as a wide receiver for the past two games. So yeah. you have that along with the running game. I literally just don't know. Like, I, I don't know what you're going to do to stop Patrick Mahomes, and that's what you need to do to win the game. So I just feel really bad, actually, for for Bruce Arians because I don't think this is going to be close. And I mean, knock on wood because sometimes this happens um, and who knows, but I, I don't, I just don't see it at all. I don't see it at all. I'm um, any other Andy reads out there before we do uh, some predictions. No more Andy Reid. Shout out to Andy Reid for being the only and. <laughs> Did I ever tell you the story about how the OG fake Andy Reid came? So, and EB, shout out to EB being the only EB. We are retaining in times for the 2020-2021 season, which is pretty dope. But come happened? on, EB be a job. Reese. What oh, you, sorry, I thought I think I, I, we had a What happened? Yeah, we, 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 we just had some latency issues. There. This is a total glitch, yeah. Am I back? Am I back? Mm, I yeah. Kind of. You're back. Yeah. Okay, so I, I just have one thing to say if I chop out again. Let's do predictions. Someone go, and then I'll hopefully I'm back. Oh, gosh. Uh, oh. Kansas City 35-21. Dang you. That's exactly what I said. I'm sticking with that, too. I said that earlier this week, so yeah, 35-21. Oh, really? awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oracles. I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be closer than that. I got. I still have the Chiefs, but I'm gonna go more like 3730. Ooh. Okay. Um. Man, if we put up, if we put up over 35 or 35 plus, we're gonna win. Um. I'm gonna say. No, man, that's hard. Chiefs win a nail biter. 30 to 29. I don't know how the Bucks put up 29. Holy. It takes to do 29, but that's a Vegas game, dude. That, that, I was going to say, that's a better, yeah. That's like a 59 and a half Vegas game. <laughs> I'm taking the spread. <laughs> okay, then I will um, I will stay with my hot takes because, I, like I said, I do not see a path. I do not see a path for victory. So for the Buccaneers, 45 to 29 Chiefs. Wow. All right. Jeez. I will enjoy I watching that game. I, I think we are <laughs> yeah. gonna we are gonna put our foot on the gas and Andy Reid's gonna say, you know what, I'm the GOAT. Actually, Andy is gonna leave the game and he's gonna let Eric Bienemy coach the entire oh. second half. He's he signed an extension this year. He signed him and Veach both signed extensions this year. Andy Reid is gonna be at a Tampa Bay club by himself with a mask with like a Shirley <laughs> Temple because I know he doesn't drink. And <laughs> And, then, on and a face shield. He's gonna and have then, the face shield on. And then, and then, and then like Eric Bieniemy is just gonna like bring out all these plays no one's ever seen in the history of football, and then just drop the mic. You guys right. remember the wing T and Tom Osborne? Get ready for some crazy <laughs> stuff. As Noah said, I'll I'll look forward to watching that game. I would. I, I would. I'd be uh, bashing a lot of Patriots fans. Yeah. All right, Reese. If anyone else have anything to say, 
All right. All right. Thanks. Thanks again for, and Reese, I'll let you the outro, but just want to say a quick thank you to Stone Cold Chief Austin and the Casey kid for joining us today. Uh, really, that was awesome. Had a lot of fun. So hopefully we get to do it again. All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah. We'd like Win the Super Bowl, Bowl baby! City Sports. Let's do it. This podcast is brought to you by listener support. So consider becoming a friend of the podcast. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash FCSM. There you'll find premium content, including outtakes, bonus episodes, and exclusive interviews. Honestly, the more we talk over him, the more it sounds like public radio. Mountain City SM. Keep up with the podcast, sports, and of course, the goings on in this We'd like to give special thanks to Stone Cold Chief Austin and the KC Kid Noah for joining us today on Mountain City Sports Media. And as always, I'm Reese and alongside my good friends, Kyle and Armando, we'd like to thank you for tuning in to Fountain City Sports Media. Go Chiefs! I love you, Reese. I'm sorry. We're going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> I got a little choked up too.